Hello and welcome to EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm your host, Prudence Robertson. Battle in Ohio. Abortion activists are working to force an amendment onto the ballot this year that would enshrine abortion and eliminate parental rights. But first, in August, a special election that could keep these extreme policies at bay. Amy Natosi of Protect Women Ohio explains why pro-life Ohioans need to take action. Abortion Vending Machines, the latest scheme to push abortion on college women and minimize its impact. Vending machines are popping up on campuses across the country that contain abortifacient pills, right alongside ibuprofen. California after Roe. Jonathan Keller of the California Family Council gives us an update on the fight for life in California, one year since the overturn of Roe. Democrat state legislators and Governor Gavin Newsom continue their full court press to expand abortion and punish pro-life Californians. We have the details. Ohioans could face a controversial ballot amendment this year in November, one that would reportedly enshrine abortion on demand in the state and in some instances make it impossible for parents to protect their children. But ahead of November, a special election is taking place in August that could weaken the chances of this pro-abortion amendment gaining enough support. At this moment, according to Ohio law, proposed amendments to the Constitution need a simple majority of the vote, 50 percent, to be added to the Constitution. For this reason, amendments to the Ohio Constitution have been successful many times in the past. But on August 8th, Ohioans can vote to raise the threshold of support to a supermajority of 60 percent. Early voting for this special election started this week. Amy Natosi of Protect Women Ohio joins us now to tell us more about what's happening in the Buckeye State. Amy, thanks for being here. I want to start by asking if you could explain what you're hoping will happen this August and why you're telling Ohioans that they should vote in this August election now ahead of Election Day in November. Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Prudence. Um, So like you mentioned, early voting started um, this week in Ohio on what is called issue one, and that would raise the threshold for passing constitutional amendments from 50% plus one to 60%. So Ohio is actually a relatively unique state. Um, We're one of only 18 states that allows for constitutional amendments by initiative petition. And of those 18 states, half of them have enhanced requirements for passing amendments. So Ohio has relatively weak standards um, for passing constitutional amendments, which leaves us vulnerable to out-of-state special interest groups that try to buy their way in. And that's exactly what the ACLU and Planned Parenthood are trying to do this November. So we're really working hard to educate Ohioans and get out the vote to pass issue one this August, and then uh, working to defeat the ACLU's abortion amendment come November. I see. And Amy, do you think that raising the threshold of support to add a constitutional amendment, this strategy is going to make a difference come November. What does the composition in the state look like now? Do you think this is going to make a difference? Yeah, absolutely. So as a whole, Ohio's constitution 
deserves more protections, um, not just from a pro-life standpoint, but across the board. The business community is in favor of raising the threshold. The Second Amendment community is in favor of it. Uh, there's a broad base of support that really wants to make sure our Constitution is protected from out-of-state special interest groups that all too often think they can come in here with truckloads of money and buy their way into the Constitution. So I think as time goes on and we move past the August election, Ohioans will realize how dangerous this November abortion amendment is. It completely strips parents of their rights to help their kids through difficult decisions, mm. like during the pregnancy to term, uh, and it eliminates health and safety protections for the unborn and women. And so once Ohioans know what's in this amendment, we're very hopeful that they'll vote it down in November. Sure. And I want to talk more about that November amendment that could be on the ballot could you explain exactly what it contains? I understand it doesn't only impact the abortion issue, but also the transgender issue and, and others having to do with the family. That's right. So this is one of the most extreme and dangerous amendments we've ever seen in Ohio. Um, so it would completely wipe out parental consent and notification requirements so that minors can obtain abortions and even sex change procedures without their parents knowing about it or giving their consent. It would also allow for painful late-term abortions all the way up until birth. And it even gets rid of common sense health and safety protections that we currently have in place for women who do undergo abortions in Ohio. For example, we have things like hospital admitting privileges for abortion clinics. And clinics have to be within a certain distance from a hospital in case there were to be an emergency during an abortion. Those types of protections would be eliminated. So we're talking about putting women at risk, the unborn, and parental rights. Mm, it does sound extremely dangerous. And you've mentioned that from your perspective, special interest groups are buying their way into your state. So I want to ask you, do any Ohioans support this? It's been reported that the ACLU actually hired paid signature collectors to come in from out of state to garner support. They've gathered more than 700,000 signatures. So could you share more details on that? Yeah, absolutely. So the ACLU did bring in paid signature gatherers from um, out of state. And the thing is, is the ACLU and their signature gatherers weren't even being honest with Ohioans when collecting these signatures. Um, they were telling Ohioans that this would do things like bring back Roe v. Wade, that it would overturn Dobbs, that this was simply about a woman's health and her right to choose. And we know that that couldn't be further from the truth. They left out the fact that this attacks parents and families, that this allows painful late-term abortions, and that it puts women's health at risk. So the fact that the, they gathered these signatures with lies is highly concerning, and that's why we've been going directly to Ohioans with advertisements and by going door-to-door -door every single day to really bring the facts to voters and make sure that they're well-informed going into November. Yeah, it's very important. Amy, it's been so helpful talking to you about all of this. Before I let you go, is there anything else our viewers, especially in Ohio, should know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, early voting started yesterday in Ohio. So we have 28 days of early voting for this August election. Right. Um, so it's really important that everybody makes a plan to get out and vote early in person or absentee by mail and just really spread the word about August and November. People can visit protectwomenohio.com um, to read up on the amendment and get resources to share with their family members and friends and church 
um, goers and just really make sure everybody knows what's on the line this August and November. Absolutely. Well, we are sending prayers to the state of Ohio. Amy Natosi of Protect Women Ohio, thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much. Ohio is a state made up largely by people of faith. More than 70% of Ohio residents are Christians. Out of this large percentage, nearly 20% of Ohioans are Catholic. Last year, thousands of people came from around the state to Ohio's March for Life in Columbus, the state capital, to celebrate the overturning of Roe v. Wade and their newfound ability to enact strong pro-life laws. Since then, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has signed a heartbeat law that protects children as early as six weeks. We're joined now by Bishop Earl Fernandez of the Diocese of Columbus, who was elevated to this important post last year. Your Excellency, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very happy to be with you. First, your reaction to the push in your state by pro-abortion activists who are really working to enshrine abortion in the Constitution. You know, we would expect something like this in California or New York, but did you expect it in a place like Ohio? Oh, yes, I, I did expect it because I knew that after the overturning of Roe versus Wade, there would be a strong pushback and that there would be a lot of money from outside of the state. Sure. Already those who are strong advocates for abortion found success last year in six different states. Uh, they were very successful in blocking either uh, pro-life um, amendments to the Constitution or overturning uh, some pro-life protections. So the pro-life movement was 0 for 6. In 2023, the only battleground uh, on the pro-life issue is in Ohio. Mm. So I did expect it. Ohio, of course, has a strong pro-life tradition, uh, Dr. Wilkie and so on of Ohio Right to Life and down in Cincinnati. The, the right to life movement's always been strong here, but I think people are beginning to become unaware and as society becomes secularized, uh, you begin to see the push. And of course, the mainstream media uh, pushes for uh, the, the pro-abortion agenda. So we're seeing all of this uh, in Ohio as well. Right. And how are people of faith reacting in your state to all of this, Bishop? Well, with great alarm and great, there's a great sense of urgency. There are two upcoming votes, uh, one in August and one in November. Uh, the Ohio Catholic bishops, of course, are trying to mobilize people to definitely vote no uh, in November. Uh, this would be an amendment uh, to the Ohio Constitution that basically reads that every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage care, and abortion. Mm -hmm. And it also says that the state will not either directly or indirectly penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate against either an individual's voluntary exercise of this right or a person or entity that assists an individual in exercising this right. Mm. So it could essentially remove all parental consent laws, all medical regulations of the abortion industry or fertility industry, including IVF and surrogacy. It, uh, the, the amendment itself says individual, so it's not restricted just to adults, which would take away parental rights. Uh, and not just with respect to abortion or birth control or sterilization, but even with respect to um, to uh, sex change uh, operations, these sorts of things. Right. Uh, and so, so with so it's a grave matter. And I think right now it's summertime. There's kind of a lull. Many people are unaware of how radical this amendment to Ohio's constitution will be. But in Michigan, um, which has a strong Catholic presence as well. Uh, we also learned a lot from the Michigan Catholic Conference. They they got on the ball, uh, you know, got a, uh, a little bit too late. They did make a strong push 
they did move the needle a little bit, but still the uh, the amendment to Michigan's constitution passed by a wide margin. Uh, out of Catholics who attended mass, three out of four voted against Michigan's amendment, mm -hmm. but still one out of four voted in favor of it. And so we know that in Ohio, we, fa we face an uphill battle because of the sheer amount of outside money that's going to be poured in here. Uh, so we need to really mobilize our people, uh, especially our Catholic people, to go out and vote. Yes, exactly. And I think a big part of that, Bishop, is the church coming alongside expectant mothers and providing those resources, making sure parishioners are seeing those resources that are available and spreading the word. Talk to me about the resources that are available in Ohio, uh, well, specifically in Ohio that the church are providing. Yeah, so so in Ohio, of course, you have like the the USCCB, and they've done this in many uh, in many parishes. Uh, they have um, walking with moms in need. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's one thing that's happening in a lot of our parishes in Ohio. Then you also have huge Catholic uh, social services, Catholic charities. So we have Catholic uh, social services of uh, Central Ohio here in Columbus. Cincinnati has of Southwestern Ohio and so on. So they provide those services uh, to mothers and their children, but also parenting classes, an array of social supports. Uh, we have Project Rachel Ministry in many of our parishes throughout the state of Ohio for a poster board of women. The Ohio Catholic Conference is strongly advocated for quality pre and postnatal uh, health care for women, uh, pre uh, preferential housing for women and children, uh, and a robust child tax credit. All of those things go alongside with uh, many um, pregnancy centers in Ohio that support women that aren't officially Catholic, but where many Catholics volunteer. For example, we have the Pregnancy Decision Health Centers here in the Diocese of Columbus or just up the road. Uh, we have the Women's Care Center down in Cincinnati. I'm on the board of uh, Pregnancy Center Plus. So these are also ways Catholics are involved, uh, lay, lay, the lay faithful. Uh, in addition to these, um, we have strongly pushed for, and it just passed through Ohio's legislature, and I'm sure Governor DeWine will sign it, to that um, that there would be no sales tax on baby products, including diapers, cribs, strollers, those things that would add to the expenses of the cost of living for women and their uh, children. We've advocated strongly uh, for about $3 million for the Healthy Beginnings at Home program, which stabilizes housing uh, for, uh, for families, uh, and especially for pregnant women who are at risk of losing their homes. Many people feel that they are alone, that they can't, that there aren't resources for them. But in fact, we work very closely with our legislature to provide these things for women. There's also um, uh, something called Ohio Works First uh, cash assistance eligibility, which also will prioritize uh, pregnant women. Uh, not and, and this is a there's been a change in the legislation. So before it would just be for the first six months of pregnancy. Now it'll be through all nine months of pregnancy. And I would also say we've we've advocated and helped implement a doula program uh, to uh, help reduce maternal mortality rates. And finally, in Ohio, we have now the legislature passed it, uh, universal school choice, ed choice vouchers uh, to help women and men, for that matter, um, get their children into, into quality schools, which eventually help lift them out of poverty and to make that uh, affordable and available. Mm. So all of those things are happening. And the, you know, the Ohio bishops and the parishes themselves are strongly trying to uh, support women. Very often we hear kind of, it's kind of a red herring. Well, you only care about uh, uh, women uh, at the and their unborn children when they're when the children are unborn, mm -hmm. uh, not afterward. But we see constantly, and the Holy Father calls us to do this to accompany women 
We see our parishes doing this. We see uh, lay faithful in the pregnancy centers doing this. We see our Catholic hospital system. We have, you know, uh, Mount Carmel. We have uh, the Genesis Healthcare System. We have uh, Mercy Bon Secours, all of which provide quality maternal care. And we, we partner with them, we bishops, we partner with Catholic healthcare agencies and others for that matter, mm -hmm. to see that the first three years of life, especially, uh, which are so vital for child development, are, are ones in which the needs are met, especially with respect to nutrition, parenting skills, housing, the food, clothing, shelter, the basic necessities of life, right. so that young children have a good start, but also that women know there's no reason here for abortion. Someone will walk with me. I'm not alone in all of this. And of so course. these are some of the initiatives that are happening in Ohio that I think many Ohioans are not really aware of where the church is involved in the whole spectrum of care of human life. Well, it's encouraging to hear that there are so many resources out there. It sounds like you guys are walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Uh, it, Bishop, we have about a minute left, but I did want to ask you, you know, we know that the fight to end abortion is a spiritual battle first and foremost. How do you encourage your flock to handle this challenging uphill battle of defending life, which, of course, we're called to do as Catholics? Well, I think one of them is prayer, and especially Eucharistic adoration, reparation for, for uh, sins against human life, uh, praying especially for doctors and health care providers that their religious liberty will be respected, but also that they would be strong and bearing witness to the goodness of life, supporting women uh, and, and praying for women who are expectant. Uh, expecting uh, children. All of these sorts of things are good spiritual ways. Prayer, fasting, uh, these are traditional Catholic ways of uh, praying. We've encouraged people to uh, wake up at 714 in the morning uh, and, and pray uh, for God to bless their homes in this initiative. We, uh, on August 1st, there'll be, or August 8th, there'll be a critical vote to amend Ohio's constitution, uh, where there's a, a proposed amendment that would raise the threshold for a constitutional amendment to 60%. Right. It's a constitutional issue more than a, a moral issue, but this is probably the best way to, uh, to defeat the November ballot initiative. And then in November, uh, we have the, uh, the, the amendment that's being proposed, and we encourage all Catholics to vote no. So it's a question of also spreading. We have to spread the good news, including the good news about human life and human sexuality and marriage. That's part of the proclamation of the gospel of life. And so the Pope's calling us to be a church that goes forth. We have good news to share that uh, God is the author of life and that human life deserves to be uh, nourished and cherished and defended and mm. protected. And so we hope that Catholics will actually get to the polls and vote. Amen. Well, Bishop Earl Fernandez of the Diocese of Columbus, thank you for joining us and for all the work that you're doing in Ohio. God bless you. Thank you so much. Pray for us. God bless you. Of course. And in other news from Ohio, a man received a life sentence to prison for sexually assaulting and impregnating a young girl in Ohio. To compound this tragedy, she later had an abortion in Indiana. The girl was nine years old at the time of the incident. 28-year-old Herson Fuentes pleaded guilty and faces more than 20 years in prison. His plea deal specifies that he can seek parole after 25 to 30 years. The case made national headlines shortly after the overturn of Roe v. Wade, when an Indiana doctor revealed that she ended the unborn child's life. When Fuentes was sentenced, it was confirmed that Ohio police traveled to Indiana to retrieve the remains of the unborn baby and match the child's DNA to both Fuentes and the young girl he raped. State legislators in Maine have advanced a policy that would allow abortion up until the moment of birth. 
Before this, the state's abortion laws were already extreme. Even though the law was a, quote, limit on abortion at around 24 weeks, it allowed exceptions for the life of the mother. This means that at any time during pregnancy, a woman could get an abortion if it was signed off on by a doctor. This new policy maintains that extreme status quo. And in Iowa, Republican lawmakers are in the midst of a special legislative session this week and have advanced heartbeat legislation. Iowans now wait for Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds to sign the bill into law. Governor Reynolds called this special session to order just a month after the state's deadlocked Supreme Court punted a case concerning a 2018 heartbeat law that the state already advanced. That law is still blocked, and late-term abortion remains legal up to 20 weeks in the state. When this new heartbeat law is eventually signed, it could face similar litigation hurdles and may not take immediate effect. Coming up, college campuses across America plant abortifacient pills in vending machines. I speak out and hope you will too. Plus, the fight to defend life in one of the most pro-abortion states in the country. I spoke with the president of the California Family Council. We bring you that discussion after the break. You're watching EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Welcome back to the show. Let's take a look at the latest abortion promotion effort against some of the most vulnerable. Abortifacient vending machines are becoming widespread on college campuses. I speak out. For students across the country, it's becoming easier by the day to obtain abortion, even in pro-life states that have banned the killing of unborn children. Isolated from their families and often new to a college community, college-age students are vulnerable targets. There are almost 40 colleges across more than a dozen states now that have installed new vending machines. But if you're looking for a Coke or a candy bar, you'd best look elsewhere because these vending machines contain abortifacient drugs. That's right, abortion-inducing drugs, also known as emergency contraceptives or Plan B, are now accessible at Yale, Boston University, University of Washington, University of Florida, and many other higher ed institutions. Even the University of Oklahoma has an abortion vending machine even though that state has a law that bans almost all abortions. Unfortunately, in some cases, it's students themselves spearheading the installment of these dispensers. For example, at Miami University of Ohio, members of the student government staff pushed for one of these fatal vending machines to be placed on their campus at a cost of $3,500 and wanted students across campus to fund it, despite whether or not they wanted it there. But most significant are the liabilities and risks associated with these pills. Putting these vending machines on campuses makes it all too easy for abusers to buy them in bulk and force women to take them. Or for the women who do take them not to have access to critical medical care. If you're a pro-life college student, look out for these vending machines and make your voice heard if you don't want them on your campus. Over the past year, many state lawmakers have doubled down on making abortion available on demand. In these states, pro-lifers face an uphill battle to save lives. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom has said multiple times that he wants California to be an abortion sanctuary for women who live in states where pro-life laws are already enacted. And during the midterms last fall, California citizens voted to amend the state's constitution to explicitly protect a so-called right to kill unborn children.
How are pro-lifers in California continuing to advocate for life, despite the odds seemingly stacked against them? We recently spoke to Jonathan Keller of the California Family Council, who says the battle is first and foremost spiritual. So, Jonathan, we're here in front of the Lincoln Memorial, a year out from the overturn of Roe versus Wade. You're working in California to save lives. A unique challenge. Talk to me about that. Well, last year was a huge, momentous day. It was a reason for celebration. And I think we do need to first off pause and thank God for the blessing it is to live in a post-Roe America. But being in California, it's a reminder that our work is not done. We still have a huge task in front of us to protect unborn human life. And sadly, last year we saw, as a direct response to the Dobbs decision, our state passed over a dozen pro-abortion bills specifically trying to increase abortion in California, even recruiting women from around the country, from red states, pro-life states, to come to California and kill their children. So yeah. our work is really cut out for us, especially when we have a governor like Gavin Newsom. Talk to me a little bit more about Governor Newsom's efforts over the past year to expand abortion. Well, it's no surprise that Gavin Newsom is pro-abortion. He's one of the most pro-abortion governors in the entire country. But last year, he really put his money where his mouth was, not just state dollars, but even his own campaign funds. He created billboards in multiple states around the country advertising that women could come to the state of California to have abortions. In some of these states, he even went further. He actually quoted the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, saying that loving your neighbor as yourself means coming to California so that you can have an abortion. I mean, it was really blasphemous. It was completely disrespectful to any person of faith. But we were able to release a ad fighting back against that last year, just reminding Governor Newsom that actually our neighbor is the child in the womb. It's not just the mother who is struggling and suffering and experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. These littlest neighbors also deserve protection. But this year, unfortunately, we've seen continued efforts to attack life. We've seen bills that are attacking pregnancy care centers, whether it is through labeling them as disinformation or even in some cases trying to fine them with huge, even $10,000 penalties. So there really is no low, it seems, to which they will not stoop to attack life. Yeah. Talk to me about what your advice would be to people working in states like California, places like New York and other states where they are working to expand abortion. How do you kind of get off the ground in a state like that? Because I know you have a, a robust um, program at this point. Yeah, I would say that in blue states around the country, it's going to be a challenge moving forward. There is a ton of money, both public and private, sadly, that is flowing towards states that are working to expand abortion. The abortion industrial complex nationally is real. I mean, they, they want to see abortion expanded in these blue states. So I think one of the most important things, first off, that we can do is remember this is a spiritual battle. We have to be engaged in prayer on a daily basis. Uh, I would tell you, if I was not a believer, if I didn't believe that Jesus Christ was fighting for us, I would have lost hope a long time ago in the state of California. But we do have to keep that eternal perspective, that spiritual focus. And I think beyond it being a spiritual battle, we also have to realize that there are temporal things that we can do, whether we're engaging in legislation at the Capitol, whether we're here in Washington, D.C., fighting for the Supreme Court. We, we had, by God's grace, a huge victory five years ago when the Supreme Court struck down a California law that would have forced every pregnancy center in the state of California to advertise for abortion. So that was defeated by a five to four vote. Thank you, Justice Thomas. Um, but 
we have a lot more work ahead of us on that front, filing briefs, fighting legislation. The final thing that I will say is really the hearts and minds issue, working through pregnancy resource centers, working to change uh, the culture. I think that's really the next step that the pro-life movement has to move into. We have to make abortion not just illegal, but we really have to make it unthinkable through our persuasive and winsome attitudes as pro-life citizens. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jonathan, and thank you for all the work that you're doing in California. Thank you so much. And that does it for this edition of EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Don't forget, you can find us at EWTN Pro-Life on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now Threads. We're there. And if you're interested in more news moving our nation and world, go to EWTN.com forward slash pro-life and sign up for my newsletter, The Pro-Life Pulse. Remember, life is a gift. Your life is a gift. God bless.